Viewpoint on Mormonism, the program that examines the teachings of the Church of Jesus Christ of Latter-day Saints from a biblical perspective. Viewpoint on Mormonism is sponsored by Mormonism Research Ministry. Since 1979, Mormonism Research Ministry has been dedicated to equipping the body of Christ with answers regarding the Christian faith in a manner that expresses gentleness and respect. And now, your host for today's Viewpoint on Mormonism. Are those who speak on the subject of Mormonism known to say everything that is false about that movement? Welcome to this edition of Viewpoint on Mormonism. I'm your host, Bill McKeever, founder and director of Mormonism Research Ministry. And with me today is Eric Johnson, my colleague at MRM. Yesterday, we began looking at an article that was in the August 2023 edition of the Liahona Magazine. This is the publication that is for adult members in the Church of Jesus Christ of Latter-day Saints. It was an article titled, Speaking Up for Truth, and it starts on page U12. That would mean it's in the center section, and it's only meant for those subscribers who live in North America, such as the United States or Canada. It was written by Marilee Brown Boyack, and her biography simply says that she lives in Utah. It doesn't say anything more about her. Well, if you do a little bit of search on her, you'll find out that Marilee Brown Boyack is actually a community activist. She's involved in politics, and she has a law degree. So she's not really your average member. And this is probably why we, we felt to really tackle this article, because there are some things said in it that I would think that Ms. Boyack, as an attorney, would know are not very good arguments. But yet, this article is written to, of course, be faith-promoting, to uplift her mother, who's in this story, and basically be an encouragement for others to stand up for what they believe is true. Let me reread what I read yesterday on page U12 of the August 2023 Liahona magazine. This is the story that Miss Boyack gives. Years ago, my mother was reading in the newspaper that a large church in our area of Detroit, Michigan, was having a meeting to expose the Mormon cult. We were shocked when my mother announced she was going. This was not something she would normally do. The evening came, and my mother went and sat in the middle of several thousand people. The pastor read some literature against the church and criticized its doctrine. At the end, he asked, are there any questions? My little mother raised her hand and stood up. I am a member of the Church of Jesus Christ of Latter-day Saints. I categorically deny everything you have said as falsehoods, she stated boldly. Then she continued sweetly, If anyone would like to know the truth about the church, I'd be happy to answer their questions in the foyer afterward. There was dead silence. The article continues, Bill, what we did not read yesterday, and it says... After the meeting, it was like the parting of the Red Sea as my mother walked out resolutely and stood in the foyer. Thousands filed past her quietly, knowing that what they had heard that day about the Church of Jesus Christ of Latter-day Saints was simply not true. She then shook the pastor's hand and left. She came home and shared her experience. We were stunned. I have never been prouder of my courageous mother in my life. This is why if this woman who has a background in law, I mean, if I were to ask her this question, okay, thousands file past her mother quietly, knowing that what they had heard that day about the Church of Jesus Christ of Latter-day Saints was simply not true? How could she know that? Because 
when you have a group of thousands of people, believe me, you're going to have a mixture of opinions in a group like that. But yet they filed quietly past her mother because they knew that that blanket statement she had made earlier was a truthful statement that everything that was said was wrong. There's so much wrong with what has been said here as being truthful, but the idea that, okay, there were several thousand, let's just suppose there were three or four thousand. You're telling me there's only one exit in the entire church, that she stood at the door like some pastors will do and shake everybody's hand, and they all filed past her, there were no other exits to go through, and that somehow she was able to figure out, I told them, and I told them it was all lies. She hasn't given any evidence. That's the problem with this story. The problem here is not that people were walking past her silently because they knew what was said was false. They probably felt sorry for this lady holding to such an opinion after they had just experienced probably at least an hour of quote after quote and evidence after evidence showing the problems with Mormonism. That would make me tend to almost have pity on this lady. We don't know how old she was because we don't even know what year this took place. And as we mentioned in yesterday's show, there was really only one time that we can recall in history where you had several thousands showing up to hear anything about the subject of Mormonism, and that was the showing of the Godmakers when it came out in the early and mid-1980s. We know personally Dick Bear, who spoke all over the country. And I certainly hope that this lady is not speaking of Dick Bear's presentation to be entirely false, because I've heard Dick Bear's presentation more than once before he passed away, and he had everything documented. You brought out yesterday that most likely this was not going to be just the church pastor, because we're talking Detroit, Michigan, and this is not a hotbed of Mormonism. Certainly a temple was built there in the late 1990s, but there's just not that many in Michigan. For a pastor to be an expert, to be able to get up and speak on this topic is not usual. We don't find many pastors who are able to do that, except maybe here in Utah. We do have pastors. But being in Detroit, Michigan, to bring several thousand people to a meeting, I doubt it was just going to be the pastor talking about it. I, I think you're right. It was probably a guest speaker. It, it could very well have been Dick Bear who had a, a very good presentation on this subject. Now, yesterday, Eric, I gave an example of when I was over in Russia teaching on the subject of Mormonism, and I happened to be at a Christian church in Viberg, which is up near the Finnish border. And I had a, a missionary, when I opened up for Q&A, say something very similar, but he said it in Russian, so I had to get it from my translator, Dima Rosette, still a very good friend of mine. And that was the first thing out of this missionary's mouth was that everything I said was not true, even though every single slide I showed was a quotation with the reference from the person who said it, who were authoritative figures in the LDS church. You had a similar thing happen too. And I happened to be there at the time. And you've told this story before on this show, but I think we need to tell it again. You taught apologetics at Christian High in El Cajon, California, and you like to take your students on field trips. And one of the field trips that you would take them on was to go to the Mormon Battalion Visitor Center. Now, don't get mad at me because I used the word Mormon. That's what they called it back then, because apparently back then Jesus didn't get offended when that word was being used. And we listened to these missionaries talk to your students. What happened in that meeting? Well, they started off, I was shocked, because I had been at the battalion center bringing hundreds of students over the years, 
And they started off rudely saying to my students, we know that you probably were not instructed properly in what our religion teaches. And so today we're going to correct some of those errors and we're going to explain to you what our church really believes. Now, I like the fact that you were there. I forgot that you had been at this very meeting. And uh, and so you can support everything I'm saying. I'm not going to just tell you an old wives tale. This was in May of 2010. I know the exact date because that's when this took place. And so they went on and spent five minutes. They were not well prepared, but they spent five minutes telling a little bit about just uh, what their church is about. They believe in Jesus, all of that. Then they made a tragic mistake that nobody had ever done before. They opened up the field for questions five minutes into the presentation. This is supposed to go for an hour and a half. Usually the questions happen at the very end. They were not prepared so that they go ahead and start asking questions. Well, my students started asking questions, and they were not softball questions. I had several black students in there who were asking about the black revelation from 1978. They wanted to know, why was the church so racist before that? They struggled through those kinds of questions. And then somebody asked about God. Where did God come from? And one of the missionaries started to say, well, we have a little couplet that helps us to understand this better. And he started off this way, as God is... Um, and then he stopped, and he said it wrong, because it doesn't. the Lorenzo Snow couplet doesn't start with God. It starts with, as man is, God once was. It's the first thing I spend a week on the religion of Mormonism, and it's the first thing I teach my students. They memorize that the first class. As man is, God once was. As God is, man may be. He stumbled, and there's 60 students in there, and they started to say the Lorenzo Snow couplet, and I'll never forget the shocked look on their faces. And they said, well, how did you guys know that? And they said, we learned it from our teacher on the first day of class. We were required to memorize that so we would understand the idea of who God is and who we are as human beings with divine potential. And they, I can say, genuinely shocked. I waited until the end. I usually did not raise my hand or ask questions or interfere. But this time, it was my last time to be at the Battalion Center with students because I moved to Utah a few months later. I raised my hand at the end and I said, guys, I know what you said at the beginning was maybe a little bit of a poke at me that maybe I didn't teach my students accurately, but can I just tell you in five minutes what I taught them about the plan of salvation according to the the Church of Jesus Christ Latter-day Saints? And they said, sure, go ahead. So I spent five quick minutes. I talked about God having a God before him, living as a human in another realm near Star Kolob, one leader has said and then how he became the God of this world, and how he created everything in the preexistence, and then mortality of the second estate, and then moving off into uh, what happens after we die. I spent five minutes, and I gave a very concise overview of what the plan of salvation is. They listened very attentively. They were very kind and patient. And when I was done, I said, is that accurate, what I have taught my students? And there was a pause, I don't know how long, maybe five or 10 seconds. And then the one missionary says, you know, pretty much everything you said is very accurate. Just some of the way you said it might not be exactly the way we would say it. And I said, okay, that's fair. But do you feel that what I said is accurate from an objective view? And they said, yes. I said, well, that is what I taught my students. So what they had said in the beginning to cast doubt on what I might have taught my students just because I'm not a Latter-day Saint, I told them, I don't think that was fair of you to try to taint 
everything I did to try to teach my students. They got tested on this information. And then for you to make it sound like maybe they were taught wrong. And I think they understood my point because I think the correction the students gave them as to even their Lorenzo Snow couplet was very powerful. It makes me wonder, why do so many Latter-day Saints just naturally assume whenever they hear someone outside of their church speak on their church that they automatically think they're saying things that aren't accurate. Now, I have to go back to this story. We don't know, again, when she starts off this article, when Marilee Brown Boyack starts off her article, she says, years ago, my mother was reading in the newspaper. We don't know how far back. We don't really have to go that far back, really, when you think about it, because the Gospel Topics essays started coming out in 2013. And the reason why those essays came out is because that was necessary for the church leadership to start correcting some of the stories that were circulating, mostly on the Internet. And how many times we had heard people tell us things that we were saying just was not true. And the Gospel Topics essays came out, beginning in 2013, over a two-year period, verifying much of what we had ever said since we've been talking on this subject. The reason I say that, in tomorrow's show, I want to elaborate because I think it's absolutely essential. And again, one reason why the Gospel Topics essays needed to be published by the church. Thank you for listening. If you would like more information regarding Mormonism Research Ministry, we encourage you to visit our website at www.mrm.org, where you can request our free newsletter, Mormonism Researched. We hope you will join us again as we look at another viewpoint on Mormonism.